Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the main event. You are here with me, Daniel. And Aaron. Aaron, we're finally here. It's insane. It's a journey. It's been a journey. Um, we are doing Group F, the Group of Death, potentially the last ever Group of Death because of the league format coming in next year. Very controversial league format. Um, I think we've done well to hold off on all of the Newcastle stuff so far. Um, I think we've we've earned this moment. We're both kitted out. We are both part of the sports washing regime, quite clearly right now. But this is amazing for us. And one of the... When Aaron and I started doing this podcast, one of the things that we sort of agreed upon that that we thought people might like is that we don't support a Champions League team. So we couldn't be a Liverpool or Chelsea or Man United or Arsenal. I don't think Arsenal were in it then either. Tottenham, whoever was in it, Man City. You couldn't be one of these fans that had this rivalry and wanted to talk about our club all the time. We thought that would be a really good selling point. And here we are. So we're going to try not to um, to gloat or to, um, or to try and be too biased. We just need to get out of our system. But we do need to get out of our system. Get yeah! it! Yeah! We're here. Um, we don't know how long it'll last. We've not had the great start of the season. For everyone that's not been following us, um, it's been mixed. It's been very, very mixed emotions for the start of the season so far. We are going to talk about Newcastle versus Milan. First game. Um, because we're just you are actually to. going. I uh, well, I am going. Yes, so we'll see if he gets into the stadium though. But he is making the trip to. I am Milan. making the trip to Milan, and I do have a ticket, and the ticket does have my name on. And I will have my passport, but who knows what could go wrong between now and then? Uh, so yeah, it's exciting. I've been with a couple of times, but never Milan. Never really been that fussed about going to Milan, from what I've heard from other people. But now that it's happening, I'm absolutely buzzing. I'm. Going with Ed, who does the other podcast that we're that I'm on for the UCL Fantasy Pod, um, Fantasy Football Ed, people may know him as. So yeah, we're gonna have a good time. And I know a bunch of people that are going as well anyway. So there'll be plenty of people there to have a few beers with regardless. Enjoy the city. You got a few days off work, can't complain, especially with how busy this week has been with all of the research and podcast stuff anyway. So We'll have if, a good time. If anyone else is going, like obviously with this being on Gallagher shots, there might be some people. Yeah, I imagine going. so. Let, drop it in the comments if you want yeah. to meet up for a beer. More than happy to. And you can tell me how terrible I am at these podcasts. Uh, speaking of which, obviously, big thanks to Gallagher shots. Please don't forget to follow them, give their video a like, all that sort of stuff. You can subscribe, remember to them for two ninety nine a month, and you get exclusive access to content and group chats. Uh, a particular group chat known as Smut. Uh, Aaron, do you want to know about that? Tell me about it. No, we've got to join two ninety nine a month. Oh, I'm okay. afraid. Can't okay. be giving away the trade secrets. So, the interest, one of the most interesting things, obviously, about this clash, we'll call it a clash, we'll build it up at all times, uh, away to Milan, is that, um, is that actually, Aaron, Milan are the team that got you into football. So for anyone, again, that hasn't been following us, Aaron, you tell us your your journey to begin with for football. Yeah, so just briefly, because you don't want to hear this. Um, 
basically it wasn't until like 2008 where I got into football. The first match that I watched was the Champions League final between Man United and Chelsea, which I understand is not a great game. No, but wasn't. my my uh, my dad was was I don't know if he still is, but uh, Man United fan. He kind of lost interest. Just for context, Aaron's dad's Irish, right? Yes. So he can only support Liverpool or Liverpool, uh, Liverpool or Man United. Yeah. There is one of the two. Yeah. A little bit of Celtic in there as well, but... A different league. Yeah, yeah. Um, but basically seeing how excited he got with the penalty shootout and the names he called Cristiano Ronaldo after he missed um, basically made me show an interest. I then did my research, but obviously around about that time um, was kind of just watching the best players in the world, which AC Milan were had just recently won the Champions League, I guess the year before yeah, that. 2007 final. And uh, so that terrible final. So it was Kaka who uh, in his prime that made me uh, fall in love with football. And then uh, he got sold the, Real the season earlier. later, Newcastle <laughs> got relegated. So, <laughs> um, But yeah, that's that's a little bit about me. AC Milan were the team that I kind of watched to get into football. And it's helpful for this podcast because it means that Aaron watches a lot of Serie A football, which is why I tend to just fob all that off onto him. Um, So that being said, let's get into the game, Aaron, because that is what people are here for, not our life stories. Um, We have Newcastle away to Milan. Let's start with Milan. Um, A good start of the season compared to last year, where they definitely had a bit of a slump after winning the Scudetta. Tell us about Milan's start. So they've won every game. Uh, so far, the most difficult game so far, they won two one uh, to Jose Mourinho's uh, Roma away from yeah. uh, away in Rome. They um, interestingly do have the uh, Milan derby this week uh, before the match, so I guess that's a good indicator. Yeah, it's for good, both teams, it's going to be a good thing for Newcastle that they have such a tough, emotionally taxing game before this match. Um, Inter. I think are the stronger of the two teams currently, um, even though they are both kind of battling for the top spot at the moment. Um, and I think that that's going to be in, in kind of good favour of Newcastle, the fact that Inter, I think, could cause a little bit of damage and could inflict their first loss of the season. Um, but in terms of AC Milan, a lot of last season, they didn't know what formation to play. They Lots didn't of injuries, wasn't there? Yeah, like was... during the kind of winter period, there was a lot of injuries. And then after that, they didn't know how to fit in or what formation to even use. So there was a lot of pressure on the manager. Um, they scraped into Champions League qualifying, um, I guess, thanks to the point deduction from Juventus. Juventus kind of gave up after that. Um, and Milan was able to secure four spot. But they did quite well in Europe, uh, making it the semi-final again to Inter, um, who knocked them out. But I think that this is a, it's going to be a very interesting match more because uh, Milan like to slow things down um, play in possession quite a lot and kind of look for them fast breaks down the wings uh, with their electric pace. And that's what I think that's what my biggest worry is going to be is how uh, Newcastle's pace uh, and the fullback areas doesn't seem like but it's I don't a, think an area Mil- of concern for us. I don't know why you'd possibly think that. I don't know how New- uh, Milan will be able to match the intensity that Newcastle can create. So I, it's a very intriguing match. In terms of their team, Manyan, goalkeeper, 
very good goalkeeper. Unbelievable goalkeeper. He is actually my shout for who I think Newcastle should sign next as a goalkeeper. I think that should be Newcastle's next signing. He's going to cost a lot of money. He's, he, I think he's France's number. Like he's an outstanding keeper. goalkeeper. Yeah. And he, again, I think if you can pry Tenali away from Milan, I think you can pry Manian. Again, wages a factor, but he, he's good. Good with his feet, I think. From what I've seen, great penalty saver, good shot stopper. When he isn't in the team, Milan are a significantly worse, worse team. Mm-hmm. Uh, back four, who we've got? We've got Calabria. Oh, they do play a four at the minute. That, yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. So we've got Calabria. We've got Hernandez. Simonchair still the captain slash centre-back? He is the captain, but he doesn't start. Tomori in there still? Uh, yeah, Tomori. He recently got a red card against Roma, so he won't play against Inter. But he uh, will play against Newcastle. Uh, Kalulu, is he still playing? Um, they're kind of debating whether Kalulu or I always butcher his name, but it's kind of Theo. Yeah. Theo. Like he is the starting centre back, but it depends on his fitness. Um, Kalulu may be the partner in, but he is a right back turned centre back. Yeah, which is. Newcastle have the opposite. Yes. <laughs> so. Do, Obviously, I think the name on everyone's lips is Teo Hernandez. Six and a half million euros on the game. For me, he's overpriced. He's the most expensive defender in fantasy. I don't know where that's come from because, well, obviously the prices came out before the groups were drawn, which is sort of understandable. But even if they had a relatively simple group, I still don't think he's six and a half million. Obviously, he's great going forward. I don't think Milano the most solid team against great against good opposition at the very least. Certainly not for this group. I also think he's a significantly better left wing back than he is a full back. I think defensively he's all right. I don't think I do think great. he'll get the better of Almiron though, physically. Yeah. I don't yeah, I, I think that's probably fine. Um I, I think that's gonna be an area where Newcastle will struggle. We whether it's Almron or we play Gordon out there, they are very lightweight. And actually, Teo Hernandez can be clumsy with his body at times. Uh, so that's going to be that's going to be interesting. I think where you'll struggle and Eddie Howell kind of pick it up is the double up. Um, uh, he and I think Inter will kind of exploit that as well. So Eddie Howell kind of watch this match um, on the weekend, and where he's got a right winger but where there's an attacking right uh, wing back or a full back, which we know Kieran Trippier yeah. is very good at. So I Doesn't think that's come or go. Yeah, I think that's going to be interesting because he, he sometimes, as you said, switches off. Um, or if he's caught up, um, you won't know who to, to ch- kind of chase. Um, and then Tamori is very mistake prone. Yeah. Um, and he's going to be the one who's kind of left. So I think they need to target the left side, especially in transition, which Newcastle are very good at. Yes. Um, that being said, on the ball is a different matter. He is a supreme individual on the ball. His delivery, his shooting capabilities, his willingness to get forward, and his athleticism. Do you think people should buy Teo Hernandez for $6.5 million on this game? I think the... Six and a half is it is a lot of money. I but the issue is, I mean, it's he's currently selected by twenty seven percent of teams. 
So that's a lot of teams. Again, that's a name, isn't it? Oh, he's the one of the best left back, left wing backs in the world. We'll have him. Yeah, and I think with Teo Hernandez as well, like it is um people know him for his attacking threat. Yeah. Um, but he has fans in France, he has fans in Italy. Also, Germany with his brother, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, who now plays in France. But, like, um, but if you compare him to the other kind of defenders, um, you've got he's six and a half, but then is anyone at six million better? Cancelo, potentially, I think so. Alfonso yes. Davies, I think so. Yes, yeah. Hakimi, mm, maybe Calabria, six million is no chance. overpriced. Way um, overpriced. Good, very good defender. Way overpriced. Uh, Molina. Which book? I'd rather have him. Yeah. Uh, Baldy. Yeah. And then Gabriel for Arsenal. Overpriced. I think he's overpriced. Yeah. Uh, Kiwiar. Oh yeah, overpriced. Arsenal. Trippier. Overpriced. And they're the six millions. So Theo Hernandez. He's more expensive than any of them, but. We've identified a few six millions who you could potentially have instead. Five and a half, Di Lorenzo, Dumfries, DeMarco. Spoiler for those ones. Yeah. Um, but could he could he exploit with his double up with Liao on that wing? Um, yeah, it's, he's... I, I think, similar to last year's Champions League, he didn't actually get any attack and returns last Champions League. I thought he got an, I thought he got an assist. Potentially oh, just one assist. I think he got one assist. Um, but I'm sure they conceded, like, two or three goals anyways so in, in that game um but he went through a stretch of getting clean sheets once minyan came back true um and i think a lot of people pointing that milan team and go oh well you know graham potter's chelsea side beat them twice or whatever they had 14 first team injuries including the captain the um the goalkeeper it was it wasn't like little injuries it was yeah. like their half of their team were absolutely butchered so I think it's unfair to judge them on that. And I do think that they'll be a really, really good side in this group. Last question on Teo Hernandez. Who is more handsome, Teo Hernandez or Lucas Hernandez? I have to say Teo. Oh, that's why you're wrong. It's it's Lucas. It's Lucas. I, I, I would say only, only because Lucas. of AC Milan links, though. Yeah, it's 100% Lucas. Especially Lucas, with Teo and his pink hair, though. Lucas Hernandez at left back for the tune next to Botman and Cher. Okay. Ooh. <laughs> be Ooh. Moving into the midfield. Um, again, there's been lots of changes because obviously Tonali's not there anymore. Uh, he's went to someone else. Can't think of who right now. Uh, but they've really bolstered the midfield. Ruben Loftus-Cheek's in there, who loads of people know about. Pulisic's in there on the wings. Krunic. Seems to be a bit of a, a favourite. Five and a half million for Krunic. Is he worth it at that price? Do you think he's going to get any points? What does he do? How are, how are Milan going to operate in the midfield? Um, I wouldn't say Krunic is the one to go for. I would say, um, and I'm going to butcher his name, Reinders? Reinders? Yeah. Either way. Someone can correct got, me. Go on the game. It's the player that's name begins with R that you can't pronounce either. <laughs> 5.5, and he's the one playing in the 10 in Benesser's absence. Um, Benesser's out for a while, isn't he? Yeah, so 5.5 for the attacking midfielder of the three. Um, 
Loftus Cheek more expensive. Krunic, it'll just be for the kind ball of recoveries. ball recovery points, but I don't think that he offers the same as what Tonali would have been able to offer. So um, Reinders, which is what we'll call him, is uh, <laughs> he's kind of the the go-to. Is he is he worth a punt at five and a half million? Do you think he's capable of getting attacking returns? Despite yeah. I know he plays in the ten, but is he actually good? Like he's he's done well to kind of knit the team together so far. Something that he does really well is allow um Pulisic and Liao to get into the box. So Pulisic is is been on, he's got scored quite a few goals uh, so far. I think he's scored in a goal per game, actually. Um so that's he's kind of recaptured that early Chelsea form that he had with Lampard. Um, but a lot of it is because he allows for that gap, like for the wingers to make that run into the box. Um, so that helps out a lot. He, he really knits a lot together in terms of like other kind of midfielders around that price. You're not going to be able to look for an attacking midfielder for as good of a team as Milan. Strikers, um, we'll get on to a an issue very shortly. It's the same issue we've had for the last two seasons, now the third. But we'll just start with uh, Giroud, eight million. Is he injured? Is he fit? He's. Um, that's a very good question. I don't know if it was uh, during the international break, but according, like from what I'm aware, he's. If he wasn't fit, who's playing up front? Any idea? Uh, they, the likelihood is would be Jovic. Um, is that who they've signed from Madrid? Ex Frankfurt. Is that right? Frankfurt? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. They would probably play him up front. Um, is he any good anymore? Did, didn't he go to Fiorentina or something last year? Or yeah, he's he's not. I think he's excited to play against Inter, which is when you said about Drew injury, that makes me. Like a kid he is injured. <laughs> um, so it looks like Giroud will be out for the Newcastle match. Um, that's a that's a blow because Giroud is a criminally underrated striker. But Jovic is obviously a talented lad. Uh, well, yeah, Giroud scored f- uh, four goals so far in Syria. Yeah. Um. So it that makes sense because he's kind of been posting the big one about how last time he played Inter he scored the winning goal too. I remember that game very very well um, but Liao plays on the other wing 9.5 million forward and this is the issue so Liao has been a winger forever he's never been a striker he's been a forward on the game for the last three years now I suppose when you look at players like Marcus Rashford or um, you've got You've got players like Vinicius Jr. being reclassified as forwards when the wingers. It's a little bit more acceptable. You can swallow it a little easier. But he's priced out the game in this group at nine and a half million, I think. Um, if anything, maybe... I, I actually think he's a really good pick for the Limitless against Borussia Dortmund. We'll get into Dortmund at the, in a moment, obviously. Dortmund seems like that would be a really good game for him. It's just the four. It's the fact, again, we've already spoke about this, like six unbelievable forwards to pick from, and that you don't feel like you can branch yeah. away from them. It's, the amount of formal you're going to have, the variance that you're going to suffer if any of these players go off, it feels like too many players are locked out of the game now. And because you've got players like 
Vinicius Junior, Leao, that are forwards. Fielders here. Sani, Kouarashelia, uh, Bruno Fernandes. It's like, are we desperate yeah. to drop a premium forward for one of these midfielders? I, I Personally, I don't think that's the case. Whereas when you have Vinicius Junior in there, when you have, if you had Leao in there, then you might go, well, you know what, actually, I'm going to go for one of the seven and a half million forwards in the game. There's hundreds of them. I'm going to go for that seven and a half million forward because I think that seven and a half million forward plus a Liao will get me loads of points. So I think the game has been forced into a little bit of a box at the minute uh, where it's a case of which three uh, out of six premium forwards, I appreciate five with Vinicius Jr. being injured at the minute, and who's going to get lucky? Because between them, it's just luck at this stage. Like yeah. Any of them could go off at all. So it seems like a little bit of a shame that there seems to be less tactics going into it. Uh, how how do you feel about AC Milan at home versus away? How do you feel about them in general? Uh, before I go into that, just a little update. Five hours ago, Giroud is aiming for a return against Inter. So okay, it looks like he should be fit for Newcastle, which is a shame because um, <laughs> we do not want that. Even though Giroud... Start, you know, we talked about the most handsome starting 11 before. Giroud <laughs> is, is the captain. <laughs> I don't know about captain. Uh, he's prime candidate to be, yeah. to be kicking around up front, though, for sure. I think I don't even, I, it's there's some good looking forwards as well. By the way, uh, from one of the previous podcasts, Marcus Yurente would be in that team as well. Handsome man, fair play. Uh, Kalulu will be injured though. Kalulu's injured, <clears throat> okay, but in terms of. Milan home uh, compared to away from home. So, so far this season, um, I mean, they've, they've won every game, but in terms of they beat Milan away, uh, beat Roma, sorry, away. Uh, and that's a, a tough place to go to Roma. I think they only conceded, I think they conceded less than 10 goals at home all of last year. So um, they're a really, really good home team. Home team. I mean, they made it to the Europa League final, conference final. Yeah. Um, and then Milan, they beat Bologna 2-0 away from home. So they've scored two goals away from home each game, but they beat Torino 4-1 at home. But again, it's kind of too small of a sample size to know. It'll be technically Inter's away from home, but it's not. Yeah. But um, they'll have the away dressing room. They'll have... Less fans. Less fans. So, um, more flares. Yeah. So, be, uh, we, I guess Newcastle going to San Siro will, will be tough, but um, I'm sure the Ultras will put on a, an unbelievable display and <laughs> make it really noisy in some there. Some lovely TFOs. Be some lovely TFOs. Ruby Costa TFOs. Uh, we'll move on to Newcastle. Uh, also, as well. Milan New, uh, versus Newcastle is the early kickoff for Tuesday. So we've already, I think we've got one um, for Group G. I think it was Group G and one for this group as well. So we will get to see Milan's lineup as we will get to see Newcastle's lineup. And I think that's going to be quite helpful seeing Newcastle's lineup um, because there are a few contentious spots up for grabs here. So Newcastle. Uh, start the season brilliantly against Aston Villa, 5-1 win. Uh, we then had a disappointing 
but understandable, yet totally acceptable, yet infuriating 1-0 loss to Man City away. All of those emotions. Um, we then had a very disappointing 2-1 defeat to Liverpool, who had 10 men. We won nil up. And then, uh, yeah, an embarrassing 3-1 loss to Brighton. Just the manner of the defeat, uh, I don't think well. It's not a good trend. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's been bad. Uh, that being said, it's fine. We'll move on. It'll be good. I'm sure we'll pick up during the season. But for the benefit of this, I think it's really important to take the bias out of it and recognise that we're a fourth pot team. We, I think, are like the fourth or fifth worst team in the competition according to UEFA coefficients. We've just had an injury to Sven Botman, who is critical to how we play football. I don't know when he's back. Aaron's going to look see if we know when he's back yet. But from the last hour looks, I don't, I don't know when he's going to be back yet. He hurt his ankle in the Liverpool game and was so disastrous that turned out to be for the Brighton game and even for the end of that Liverpool game. So he diminishes other people's value. Like, most people go for Trippier, I think, because of his bonus points in FPL. But there's no bonus points in this year. That's it. And I can't see him trip getting man of the match unless we win 1-0 and he gets an assist or something like that. Botman and Shaw are both four and a half million, but if Botman's not fit, I wouldn't go anywhere near either of them. Um, I certainly wouldn't go near Dan Byrne. Um, even though he's the same price. I, I, I think Botman's probably the one for ball recoveries. Shaw's maybe a little bit more dangerous from set pieces, but I mean, he misses a lot of chances. If he's going to score one, it's going to be from 30 yards out in the top corner. I think we're going to have a little bit more joy, maybe if you do want to pick Newcastle players, are going to be in midfield. So uh, Bruno Guimarães, 6.5 million. Ball recovery magnet. He is not getting you attacking returns, but he will get you so many ball recoveries in this game. Six and a half million. But then would you rather Bruno against Milan or Rodri against... Red Star, because Rodri's got a bit more of a goal-scoring chance, but I think Bruno probably gets ball, more ball recoveries because of the nature of the game. I do think Bruno's more likely to pick up a yellow card as well. Yeah, 100%. He's more likely to get a red card as well. Uh, in the, I've also highlighted Bruno over Joel Linton, but Bruno does get more ball recoveries. Bruno... I'd say he gets less yellow cards. I think they're probably about the same. I know Bruno, uh, Joel Linton got loads last year. But I think he's calmed down a little bit since playing in the middle. Uh, but Anthony Gordon at five and a half million, if he's starting in the Champions League as a left slash right winger, we don't know where he's going to play yet because Miguel Almiron had a little injury, but then it wasn't an injury, then it was an injury, but now it's not an injury for Paraguay. So we need to see how that goes. But also, I think Newcastle fans are wanting Gordon to come in on that right-hand side for Miggy in general. But five and a half million for an attacking player who is a bit hit or miss. I think performance-wise, he's been one of our better players this year. But in front of goal, let's flip a coin if he's going to score. He's very inconsistent in that way. So realistically, you're probably going to go Isak or Wilson. And I don't know which one's going to start. Genuinely don't. Isak is the starter. I would predict he would be the starter before the season. However, Wilson's... Wilson was the one that got the goal against Brighton. He's He got a goal in the opening day. I know that Isak got two then, but it is about consistency. 
we have Brentford on Saturday? Saturday night, isn't it? It's the late 1745 kickoff, whatever it is. Um, so because we've got Brentford in that game, and then it's a few days later, is he going to give Isak another hour? Because Isak tends to come off after an hour anyway. But whatever one starts, it's probably going to come off after an hour. So you've got a seven and a half million forward playing away to AC Milan. That's likely only going to get an hour. I'd just rather have Feyenoord striker against Celtic like for the price. However, I appreciate uh, seeing that we are in a collaboration with the Newcastle-based podcast. People are going to want to clamour for our players. Um, if Minter comes into the game at Feyenoord, you can go for him. So you can get four, four Newcastle players. Uh, go Hosselu up front for Real Madrid for, as a bit of a, a collector's item. I think you have to stay clear of the defence unless Botman's fit. And if he is fit, I think he's the one you go for. Kieran Trippier is a ball recovery magnet as well, but six million is insane. It's insanity. Beyond that, I think my three, if Botman wasn't fit, would be Gordon, Bruno in one of the forwards. But I personally won't be going with any of them. If I was to go with a single one, it would be Gordon for five and a half million on the off chance he puts one away. But I'd fancy him more against... If they're still playing the way that they're playing now, I'd fancy him more for that double up against uh, Dortmund in three and four. Uh, Away at Milan and home to PSG don't feel like the right games, especially with how beastly PSG's defence is looking on paper. I think um, Gordon would do better on the right side against Teo than he will against Calabria. Yes. Um, Knowing that Calabria is used to keeping... Quarashel, yeah, quiet. quiet. He did that over two legs. Yeah. So I think you want him on that side. Interestingly, I I wouldn't know how Isak would do against Calabria. Um, just Isak is a very different type of player. I think you play, for me personally, I think you play Joel Linton on the left to bully Calabria. Yeah. And I think you play Isak through the middle to get Tamori tied up in knots. And I think you put Gordon and Trippier double up on Teo Hernandez. I think the, the disappointing thing is obviously Tonali's potentially ruled out. It's not confirmed yet, but yeah. injured in international duty. So does Joe Linton, he's probably not going to play left wing because he has to cover midfield now. Longstaff but is potentially going to... I think Longstaff stop. will come in on the right side of midfield. Um... What about Harvey Barnes? Harvey Barnes could do a job against Calabria because again he's he's physical. He's quite a he's quite a but I also do see a little bit of I don't think he's as good, but I do see a bit of Kuarashelia in him as well. He's got those sort of gangly legs, likes to faint quite a lot, doesn't he? So Calabria is just a really good player, and I think they're gonna be well well-drilled and knowing how we like to play. I think Eddie Howe's biggest strength in this would be to change things, to put out a different team that AC Milan won't expect. They know how we They know how we play if we have to play the same team that's on every... All the, and that's the problem all the teams do now. We have to start changing things just so people go, well, I've got no idea if Harvey Barnes, Anthony Gordon, Joe Linton, Elliot Anderson is going to play on that left wing so how do I prepare my players for it? And Joe Linton is a massively different proposition to the other three on that left. And that's where he played last year when he got these eight goals. It's where he played when 
we saw the best of him. We just need Willick. We need Willick back. Uh, but ultimately, I still think you could play Elliot Anderson there. It's probably too big of a game to play Miley. And I personally would have liked to have seen Miley play the previous game to see how he would have done so that he's ready for this. But you can't just put him away in the San Siro now with 16-17. You can't do that. Yeah. Anyway, score for this game, Aaron. We've talked about this long enough. Um, 2-1 Newcastle. Right, because I'm going, it's clearly going to be nil-nil. <laughs> like, I'm going all this way. It also, it's the first time in 20 years. It's going to be the most boring game in my life. I really want Newcastle. Obviously, I want Newcastle to win. But, uh, like, if I take that out, I think Milan, at best, we get a draw. Uh, that's what I think. Yeah, and that's a shame because... You'd back eleven versus eleven. You'd back us. Like obviously the, that their left side of Hernandez and Liao is absolutely sensational. Yeah, and Giroud's great up front. But beyond that, like I'd back our players. But I think the best version of Newcastle beats the best version of Milan. But we aren't the best version of us yet. Yeah, but we have too many injuries. I get that. The next game, Dortmund away to PSG. Two wildly different teams at the moment. Uh, PSG did not start the season particularly well. We'll start with them. With two draws, thanks to a certain Mr. Kylian Mbappe, essentially spitting his dummy out, wanting more money yet again. However, I was, when when Neymar's left, he's came out and said him and Messi went through hell there. Messi, when he left, was like, I hated Paris Saint-Germain. Not as a city, I think he found the city fine but I just think the ownership and the lot of it he did not like so maybe Mbappe just feels the same maybe we're all diverting our anger at Mbappe but actually he's wanted to become the chairman because the football club is so horrible yeah it's kind of similar to uh, when Cristiano Ronaldo came out against uh, the ownership of Manchester United and we're all like how dare he say that kind of stuff but as time has now told like Everything he said is kind of true. Yes. Um, so we're kind of outraged at the lack of professionalism, but what he said is true. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how what Mbappe says once he's actually left, because there must be some sort of contract thing where you, yeah. you like lose all your wages if you yeah, speak out yeah, against. Yeah, yeah. Um, find two weeks wages, three billion euros. <laughs> <laughs> so I think Mbappe, obviously coming back, isn't. I don't think he's signed a new contract yet. Nah, I know there was talks that you'll sign a new contract and still be allowed to leave. I, I don't know why that would make sense. We're oh. going to pay you more, but still allow you to leave. Yeah, like that nonsense. Makes no, that makes no sense. You'll be off. You'll be off to Real Madrid. I think that was always the plan. Yeah, and he's in the right. He's 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 like yeah, I'm gonna stay out my contract yeah and they're like how dare you do that yeah how, how dare you do what's best for yourself um that you signed <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> with psg obviously like i say they drew, drew the first two games and then they've went on a bit of a rampage for the second two games of the season once he's been back in the side we'll start at the back because this is where they seem to be most solid in terms of selection uh, Donnarumma seems to just be the keeper now. We had we're, we're finished with Hokey Koki. That's long long gone. They've got uh, the more handsome 
Hernandez brother. That's going to be interesting. Brothers playing against each other. There's loads of stories like that in this group. You've got Botman and like obviously oh, with Milan, Tonali Milan. Yeah, you've got um, obviously the Saudi versus Qatar ownership. Yes. Like there's loads of stories in this group. Uh, Donnarumma going back to Milan. Like oh yeah, forgot about that. Yeah, like there's loads. Uh, Pulisic back to Dortmund. Oh, it's tons. So interesting. Yeah, I love a story. Uh, ex in Milan, Hakimi and Skriniar. So the defense is Lucas Hernandez at left back, Skriniar and Marquinhos as centre backs, and they've got uh, Hakimi at right back. So we'll go through these for a start. Um, Skriniar, Marquinhos, both five and a half, I think. I'd favour Skriniar over Marquinhos. Marquinhos was a legend when he was playing holding midfield and scoring every week. But for me, I think Skriniar is probably more likely to get ball recoveries and a player of the match from my experience of him in Milan. Would you agree or disagree? I would I would agree with that. And I think something that's going to work out in Paris Saint-Germain's favour as well defensively is the fact that they play on the Friday night and uh, Dortmund play midday, sat, uh, uh, actually mid-afternoon Saturday away from home as well. So... Uh, more favours in terms of the league and kind of helping out their team. Yeah. Now we'll look at the other... So they're five and a half million. Now as fullbacks, you've got Hernandez at five, so you can save 0.5. Or they've got Hakimi at six, so you can spend 0.5 for a man with um, questionable off-field behaviour. What would you be leaning to? It's Hakimi, isn't it? You scum, it's Hakimi. I see it in your eyes, Aaron. Yeah. Uh, I don't like Hakimi as a... Like, he's never worked out when he's been in my fantasy team. Has he not? No, he's always been... I've always jinxed him. Um, so oh, get him again then, please. So I was actually going to avoid him. So everyone else get him in. <laughs> yes. Grading curse in full flow. I think at 6 million, he's the best value he's been in a long time. I think they have the best defense, as much as I do like Sergio Ramos. I think it's the most solid defense, especially with the is centre-back playing at left-back in Hernandez. He is a better centre-back than left-back. Um, I do think that means that Hakimi will be able to bomb on more because he's Hernandez has the option to get forward, but also to tuck. So Hakimi could be a really good shout. Uh, Hakimi's actually not only ex-Inter, which would be fun for the Milan game, he's also ex-Dortmund. He's never been a great defender. He's always been a better wing-back than full-back, 100%. Uh, so, if anything, he is the weak link defensively. But I think with the experience of Hernandez, Marquinhos, and Skriniar, that's a hell of a back three if they took. That's an unbelievably good back three. I think they're going to be fine. Where they've got issues is midfield. So, before we move on to midfield, um, if you had to gun to your head, Which PSG defender would you go for? I assume that we're not going for Donnarumma at his price. No, yeah, no. don't do it. I feel like it, the goalkeepers are way too much. Yeah, like, why would you have Donnarumma over Hakimi? It doesn't make any sense. Unless it is for morals, then just go for Hernandez or one of the centre-backs. Yeah. For less. Um, I was actually going to go for Hernandez. Um, and but... are, you, are you going to go for Teo in your team? I might now. No, no, you're not anymore. No, I wasn't going to, no. Cheating on Teo Hernandez, I'm going to tell him. I'm gonna, when I'm at the game, I'm going to shout, 
Adam from the pitch. Teo, Aaron likes your brother more. And he's going to respond as well and just be like, with I don't who's Aaron? English. Who's Aaron? <laughs> don't speak English, man. Um, but I, I think it's more so the money because when looking at my team, I have unfortunately not left much money for defense. Yeah. It's just something I feel like I need to change. I'd say the order for me would be Hernandez, then Skriniar, then Hakimi, then Marquinhos, personally. But Hakimi's got a chance to get an attack and returns. He just does. At any match? Yeah, in any game. Uh, in the midfield, now, they've got Ugar at five and a half million. Um, Zaya Emery, five million. So two plum cheap players here that are playing. Uh, Ugar is actually playing quite well. Zaya Emery, unbelievable talent, mixed form, expected because of his age. But they are both playing. I can't see either of them getting you much. I think Ugar is probably going to be a ball recovery player. He does play the more defensive role in there. Um, the confusing thing is Marco Asensio. Uh, Aaron, did we get word on his injury? Because he apparently picked up an injury. But we're still trying to figure this one out. Marco Asensio, 8 million midfielder on the game pre-signing from Real Madrid is playing as a striker. He's an out of position playing through the middle as a striker and he's scoring goals. A bruised foot. A bruised foot. He'll be fine. I think we need to pay serious attention to Marco Asensio. He is playing ahead of Gonzalo Ramos, who was a big signing. I think that first game against Dortmund, when we're about to talk about Dortmund start, by the way. Um, I think it comes too soon for Moani. He's not even on the game yet. If Asensio plays against Dortmund for 8 million as a forward, that is an opportunity that feels too good to miss, especially when we're already, it ends about which striker do we have? Because Mbappe is in that conversation. Of course he is. But would you rather have Kane against Man United? Would you rather have obviously Haaland against Red Star Belgrade. Would you rather have um, Lewandowski? Would you rather have Victor Osimhen? Like, there are st- some ridiculous strikers to be choosing from here. And if you feel you can't quite get to him back, because 11.5 million is the most expensive player on the game with Haaland, like, I really want him, but I'm struggling to justify dropping a player elsewhere to get up to Mbappe. That player could be Asensio, in my opinion. But again, it's it's not a long-term pick, but most people aren't having long-term picks. The wild carding or limitless wild carding in two. You've then got time to make a decision. I think you could limitless wild card in two, and then by the time you get a match A3, just have him as a transfer out if he's not performing or anything like that. I also think, unfortunately, for match A2 against Newcastle, Asensio could be a limitless player. At 8 million, he seems to be like the right sort of category. If he's still playing up front, you might not be. You might have Mawani. You might have Gonzalo Ramos come back in. How are you, what, you got any thoughts about that midfield? They, they do chop and change quite a lot in there. It's hard to pinpoint anyone else from the field to go for. I don't know. I think Dembele is a forward on the game this year. He is, yeah. Um, I think 
obviously Hakimi and Mbappe are so highly owned compared to the rest of the team. Dembele, 4%, Marquinhos, 4%, Donnarumma, 4%. But then everyone else is like 2%. So Asensio is a massive differential. Um, but in terms of the midfield, like you're right in terms of the rotation. But I don't think Paris Saint-Germain's midfielders are ev- ever where we've went to go to try and get the points. It's always been high, like high offense forwards. Um, so... Mbappe is going to be massive, but the fact that Asensio has is out of position, we tend to target them type of players anyways in fantasy games. Yeah. Speaking of Mbappe, four goals in two games, I think, off the top of my head. He's the pen taker. He's ridiculous. 11.5 million, most expensive player in the game of Haaland. That is the only thing that is stopping him from being in my team right now is how the rest of my team looks with them in unless I take out Haaland which isn't happening it's a case of I need to get up from Harry Kane or Victor Rossman at the minute that might change up to him and that's a lot of money when I've already got a four and a half million midfielder in there I've already got a four million goalkeeper where am I getting this money from when actually is Mbappe the best captaincy choice on Tuesday I still don't think he is. I still think Haaland is. And that's where I've got to look, which is why Asensio is really coming to my thoughts because he scored a lot of goals in the last couple of games. Ramos isn't a pick at the minute at 9 million because he's just not playing. Um, and Mawani could be a pick, but then Mawani's going to have Asensio Ramos. And I'm sure they've just signed another player up front for a ridiculous amount of money. They have like th- now three strikers that can't play because Asensio's playing so well. So that could be a bit of a wait and see, but with the short nature of the game, I could I could take a punt on Asensio. Oh, that sounds scary. I think the biggest thing is 8 million and then potentially what Man City assets you get in. If you're getting Foden as well, they're the same price. Like That's, yeah. that's going to be, uh, I think, the biggest battles. Um and kind of what defensive midfielders or people like Gordon, who do you get in to kind of make up the rest of your, of your team? I think it, you're going to struggle to get in players like Hakimi if you do have people like Asensio and stuff like that. So yeah, it's, all, it's never just a straight shootout of should I have this player or this player? It's always because this player is more expensive is Asensio plus a four and a half million defender better than Hakimi and a, a six million like Rodri or something yeah. like that like yeah yeah so it's always kind of it's never just a straight shootout it's what does what does your whole team look like as a result Dortmund I don't have the results in front of me um but the results have been terrible I think they won the first game of the season and they've lost every other game. So, <clears throat> off the top of my head. So, they drew, um, they've won 1 0. Yeah. Then drew 1 1. Yeah. And, and then, then drew 2 2. Aaron, but the who did they draw 2 2 with? Heidenheim. And who did they draw 1 1 with? VFL Bochum. Their losses. <laughs> um, yeah, these are a bit of a mess. 
we always say stay away from the defense unless it's Rafa Guerrero. And he's moved. And he's gone. He's a Bayern Munich. Or Thomas Munya. And he doesn't play anymore, I don't think. So, centre-backs, Schlotterbeck and Schuler. Don't get them. I had Schlotterbeck as a double-up. An unbelievable double-up last year for Chelsea. And that's because Dortmund were playing okay. They are not playing well. We are back to don't have them. Ben Zabani was a bit of a a legend a couple of seasons ago. I think it was for Munching Gladbach, perhaps. He was getting goals left, right, and center. But I also think it was Munching Gladbach's penalty taker. So that would have helped as well with goals. Five and a half million. Go for one of the PSG defenders. If you were going to spend that much on a defender in this group, go for a PSG defender please. Um, so, as ever, we've got to move up the pitch for Dortmund players. Royce, seven and a half million. I think his time's passed, personally. He, we don't know when he's going to be fit when he's not. He is a pen taker when he is on the pitch. He is one of my favourite players ever. I love Marco Royce, but he's just, his time's come, and I don't think at seven and a half million, he's going to consistently get your points. Not when Jude Bellingham is seven and a half million, playing in the ten for Real Madrid. Uh, Julian Brandt, however, seven and a half million is a much better pick. I think he scored in the last game. He's been one of their more lively players this season, and he was last year. Uh, first game of the season for the Champions League season last year against Copenhagen. I think he ended up getting player of the match. From my own eyes, I thought it was dreadful, <laughs> but he got player of the match somehow. Uh, but certainly compared to the other players that did score and get, I don't think he got an attack in return, but he got got player of the match, came out with like six points. So he's capable of doing things like that and generally is a very, very good footballer. Sabitza's in there, five and a half million, but I think he's playing in a double pivot, which I don't understand. I don't understand how this ridiculously good player playing in the in number 10 position for Leipzig is suddenly, thanks to one move to Bayern, where they had to shoehorn him in, is now labelled a deep-lying playmaker when he's rubbish there. There's no wonder every team he goes to concedes loads of goals. Yeah. Does he have a defensive bone on his body? Forwards, Haller. Nice to see him playing football again. Eight million. Not the player he was at Ajax, unfortunately. But he's, I think, scored the season. But he's been all right. Daniel Marlin, however, really, really improved. Seven and a half million is a forward. Probably right that he is a forward. He's been very lively, scored goals for them this season. He really is an improved player. He's someone that's been all fart, no poo. Historically, super lively, absolutely zero end product. Uh, A Dutch Theo Walcott. But he seems to have added some of that to his game this year. They've also signed Fulcrook. It was a really good striker, proper old-fashioned striker, finisher, can do a bit of everything, quite nimble but stocky. He has no price in the game yet. That could be really interesting. Aaron, Dortmund, what are you thinking about them? Um, None of them are in my team. Um, But I do think they're the type of team where Later in the group stage, they always make like a late push. So I think they could be interesting, especially uh, if any of the other teams, like if AC Milan get loads of injuries again, or if 
Newcastle can't seem to turn it around or we focus more on other competitions or anything like that. And Dortmund could be, especially at their place, it's an it's a incredible atmosphere, which a lot of will, us will be able to kind of experience. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be a few cracking atmospheres at these games, to be fair. I agree in terms of holding on. I also think some will be cheaper by the time we get to those fixtures. By the time you get to Newcastle at home, Milan away, Paris Saint-Germain at home, I think they would have a few price drops. Because I just don't think they've got very nice fixtures. I think PSG away, Milan at home, and Newcastle away is a bit shocking for them, to be honest. And the next time they play Paris, Paris could already be through and so they're playing like a rotated squad and yeah exactly it's going to be at Dortmund like that's that's the type of match where you would be like right let's get a few of these yeah. in uh, depending how the Europa League uh, third place is kind of looking I think for the start though they're a team that you kind of at the minute want to be targeting to it like to attack you want players that are playing them which is why I feel like I really should have a PSG player Tuesday night fixture against a really poor defense and the playing in Paris. I feel like it's a bit of a gift horse when you look at it. What's the score going to be, Aaron? 2 0, Paris Saint Germain. I don't want to agree with you. This is the issue. Then don't. Don't tell me how to live my life. 3-0 Paris Saint-Germain. And on that bombshell, that is another group preview done. Thank you so much. Aaron, was that one a little bit longer than the previous? Yeah, when it's the group of death, though. It is the group of death, and we did get a little overexcited uh, because we are in this group. But I think that I think that's fine. We've waited 20 years for it, and I think we've been quite mute on a lot of the other podcasts that we've done. So thank you so much for bearing with us, especially if you don't support either of these, either, there's four of them, any of these four teams. Um, hopefully we'll still try to help you out as best we can with all of the teams. Aaron, just quickly before we go, actually, I want a group order. First, second, third, fourth. Paris Saint-Germain first. Yep. You're on a Newcastle podcast. I was actually going to say Newcastle United second, AC Milan third, and then Dortmund last. I'm going to go Paris Saint-Germain first, Milan second, Newcastle. Oh, look at you throwing me in. Uh, yeah. Well, look, if you want to... It was your choice. It was a free choice, Aaron. Uh, if you want to throw away all of your allegiances to Milan, that's up to you. Because you could have Milan first, Newcastle second if you wanted, but no. No, I, no, I actually do it. think Newcastle have a really good chance of finishing second. I do. As long as we get some of our players back. But I think all of the teams have a really good chance of finishing second. That's the... Is that the, the meaning the of the group of death? death. Yeah. That's, what, that's what being in the group of death means. Oh, what? So I'm going to say Newcastle third into the Europa League. And then, yeah, I think Dortmund will finish last. Sorry, Dortmund fans. Please don't forget to like, unless you are a Dortmund fan, you're probably going to dislike this. Uh, subscribe. And we will see you next time for another group preview. Bye now.